welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a show that explores trends in security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. I spend between 5 and 20 hours a week consuming books, papers, articles, and podcasts, which I turn into a concise 15 to 30 minute summary with analysis. There's a summary episode every Monday morning, as well as standalone episodes that are either me exploring an idea or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold to give you a concise update on the most interesting things happening around the world, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 240. Starting off with security news, the FBI quickly found the three kids who broke into Twitter. They did so through a combination of solid police work and really bad OPSEC on the part of the attackers. For example, reusing email addresses, linking accounts, from one account to another, like they had inside of their Discord accounts, they linked to their email addresses and other usernames that they also used, and also using their home network connection and validating their accounts for like cryptocurrency using their actual driver's license. So it was a whole bunch of OPSEC fail and some good police work to follow up on it, and they found three people. Recorded Future says Chinese hackers have penetrated Vatican computer networks starting in May before the talks between the Vatican and the Chinese government. U.S. government says TikTok will shut down in the U.S. unless a U.S. company buys its American operations. And it appears Microsoft is quite interested in being that company. President also said that the U.S. Treasury should get a major share of the deal because the U.S. allowed the deal to happen. It's a bit strange. Garmin had a major outage recently, and it appears to have been the work of the Russian group called Evil Corp. And according to Sky News, Garmin paid a multi-million dollar ransom to get back online. I think ransomware really is the attack du jour right now. I made a comment on Twitter that the two things that I think over the last 20 years have had the most impact on security look like they're going to end up being PCI and ransomware which are both things that we hate. Yet none of the good stuff, like training, seemed to make that much of a difference. Someone raised the point, though, that what about TLS? But yeah, I don't know. I don't think TLS is in that same category of impact as PCI and ransomware. I mean, there were some things that were better. I mean, it was harder to spoof a site when you had a certificate and some people looked at it, but a lot of the attacks that people worry about with HTTP are simply not possible unless you're in the middle. So it was a very hard attack to carry out. So I think PCI and ransomware are going to end up having a lot more impact. Vulnerabilities. There's a critical bug in Grub that allows one to gain a foothold on Linux or Windows systems, assuming they have physical access. And you can basically dig in there and be kind of silent and uh, maintain control. It's pretty pretty sick. Although, if you have physical access, you know these types of things are possible. So, step number one: control physical access. High severity flaws in Cisco Data Center Network Manager and code execution flaws in Magento, which I refuse to not see as Magneto. Every single time I read that, I think Magneto. In fact, I called it that for quite some time. Embarrassingly enough. Incidents, QSnatch is a data-stealing malware 
or a piece of data stealing malware that's infected over 62,000 QNAP NAS devices. And Walgreens has declared customer data breaches affecting around 180 stores. Technology news. Amazon is absolutely crushing it during the pandemic since people need more than ever to have stuff shipped to them. Their net income increased to $5.2 billion in quarter two, compared to $2.6 billion in the same quarter of 2019. Forrester says ad spending in the U.S. will fall by 25% in 2020 and won't likely recover until 2023. They also said the industry will lose around 52,000 jobs, and they say around half of those jobs won't come back because they'll be taken over by automation that could do many of the administrative tasks. Shopify is absolutely thriving as well during the pandemic because it allows brick-and-mortar businesses to become accessible online. So a lot of Companies, obviously, that can't get regular traffic, they're looking to go online. That makes a lot of sense. Amazon has been given the go-ahead by the FCC to launch 3,286 low-Earth orbit satellites that will provide internet access to places that it's hard to get to around the world. Samsung is halting production in its last Chinese factory, and it appears that my prediction about China making a strategic mistake may be coming true. I basically said it seems like China is treating countries really badly and that this is going to wear out pretty soon and people are going to retract away from them. They're going to pull away and invest elsewhere because they just see them as a hostile player and that they must be making a gamble that they're going to make so much leeway and get so far ahead that no one can catch them. So it won't matter if the world turns away from them, but I'm not sure they've done that gamble correctly and the world is starting to see what they are and how they're behaving. And uh, it seems like they're about to take some serious repercussions. Australia is considering a law that would require Facebook and Google to subsidize printed newspapers in Australia. So basically, it's like a public good movement. Basically saying we care about newspapers and we think they should exist. So the things that are destroying the newspapers, which have lots of money, we're going to require you to make sure they still exist. Which is interesting. Kind of a BBC move. Many large tech companies, including Google and Facebook, are saying people can continue to work from home through 2020, and some are pushing that through into 2021. I think Google is at like June or July of 2021. So we'll see how far that keeps getting extended. Google's getting into home security with a $450 million investment in ADT, and New Relic is going to start making a lot of its agents and instrumentation available for free as open source as they switch to a new business model around the platform rather than the technologies themselves. They're trying to basically go open source, give it out to everyone and have everyone use it, at which point it becomes, you know, embedded and sticky. Then they upsell into the advantages of the platform. Human news. Over 10 million households could be evicted over the next four months. And I think if this happens, the attendance and the tone of the next round of protests can be quite different than they were before. I mean, just think about protests oriented around like Occupy Wall Street and class disparities and that sort of thing. But imagine the protesters being large groups of people whose families are now on the street and they have no place to go. It's going to be a completely different vibe and something I think uh, the government needs to pay close attention to. 
There's still significant confusion around whether and how COVID is transmitted through the air. The experts not only don't agree on the details, they also disagree on the terminology. And that's significantly harming our ability to create consistent and credible policy. I mean, if you ask people right now, I mean, this is not, not a scientific way to do things, but I know a lot of people who are extremely well-read on the topic and their opinions still differ widely on whether or not COVID is airborne, to what degree, is it just droplets, is it a mist, is it quote-unquote airborne, and uh, that confusion is coming from the confusion in the scientific and medical communities themselves. That's a problem. High percentages of sledding athletes are taking their own lives after developing brain injuries, and the theory is that the vibrations, crashes, and high G-forces are playing a part in the symptoms this article is quite sad. It mentions something that these athletes joke about, about being groggy and kind of foggy headed after doing a sled ride. And they actually have a name for it. They call it sled head. And there was a comment in the article that basically said, it's really sad when something this nasty gets a cute little name. That's when you know, you know, it's pretty endemic within the community. Ideas, trends, and analysis, the rise of the creator economy, really good piece about how creators and influencers are basically turning into their own media groups. And uh, this is something I've been talking about for quite some time, and I really do think it's happening. And they talk about a number of um, the different platforms that people can use for that, how a number of people have come together, like a team of journalists, like five journalists come together and they make their own air quotes company. And they basically have a strong rule of ethics and people can leave and join the group. And I don't know. I just see the old media structures being so vulnerable right now to individuals, to small groups coming up with completely different business models where they basically say, look, we're not going to do ads. We're going to be directly supported uh, like this show is directly supported. And you just have a different relationship with the audience when that's the case, right? Because I think ad money just completely destroys these companies. And that combined with the the political correctness that's required, which I'm a huge fan of political correctness. I, I think it's absolutely needed. Um, and if you disagree with that, you should go watch a movie from the 80s. You, you will see how far we have come and therefore how far we probably still have to go. So... I'm a huge fan of that, but there, there are limits to it, right? And if people cannot say something that they believe, even if everyone in the industry knows that it's true, uh, just because they're afraid um, of being fired by basically sponsors, people paying them ad money, that is a huge, huge problem for just open communication and conversation and everything that goes with that, including democracy. So I think there are so many positive elements of what's happening with people becoming their own media groups. Um, I, I especially like it. I, I subscribe to tons of newsletters. I listen to tons of podcasts and a lot of them are just one person or two people. And maybe they only talk about one or two things, but if you do that over a wide range of topics that you care about, you can get a really cool, you know, perspective on the world. And I, I think that's powerful, and I think this change is absolutely coming. The economic impact of COVID on the U.S. 
Got a really cool set of data visualizations on this. And the U.S. GDP dropped by a third last quarter, like 32.9%. Insane. This is the biggest drop since World War II. Updates. I finished my slides for my talk at the Red Team Village at DEF CON, which is next weekend. This is Black Hat Week. We're all supposed to be in Vegas. But uh, next weekend is DEF CON, and I'm speaking, I believe, on Saturday. And the name of the talk is Mechanizing the Methodology. And it's all about automating recon and testing. So definitely check that out if you can. And if you're interested in that kind of stuff. Discovery. What I learned from doing 60 technical interviews in 30 days. Being beautiful or ugly can significantly affect how you get sentenced by a judge with a few new studies finding up to a 300% difference in outcomes. And pose animator. Animate yourself as a cartoon in real time. This thing is insane. And Snow Crash, a polyglot payload generator. Recommendations. Think about changing someone's mind. Less like an act of logical, convincing force. And more like an act of growing a friendship. Basically, closeness convinces more than arguments. I've been explaining this as emotion versus logic for quite some time, but I read this piece recently by James Clear. It might be one of his newsletter emails. can't remember, but he basically talks about, it makes a really compelling argument that it's all about friendship. It's about closeness. Like just being near to people, you know, eating food with them, sharing time with them makes you more likely to believe what they're saying. Um, not in the sense of they can pitch you a conspiracy, but in the sense of if they're making a strong plea for something that matters to them, you're more likely to be able to resonate with that if you're close to them, which is obvious, but I think it's really powerful as well. And the aphorism for the week, not completely sure I agree with this one. We rarely confide in those who are better than we are. We rarely confide in those who are better than we are. Albert Camus. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. The show is not supported by ads because I think they're annoying and toxic to the future of content creation. So if you enjoy the show, you can support it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. Members get quite a few things. Most notably, they get the newsletter every week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community, where we have great conversations happening all week long. And members also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmeisler.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who is already a member. I truly appreciate every one of you. We'll see you next time. Thank you.